We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 126 of the pod. Joe Musso alongside Matt Rooney bringing you the smooth stylings of another Bears loss. Uh, but Getting we'll get all too to, used you know, to that, aren't we? The thing is, we'll, we'll get there because uh, you said it great in our pre-production. They don't deserve to be talked about first. So first off, let's talk about the excitement of a World Series beginning tonight. Uh, just a, a really, really exciting matchup if you're in the pitching match you couldn't draw um, up a better pitching matchup for the first you could and a for the lineup of the pitching matchups going into these first three games it's, maybe, it's unbelievable maybe not the marquee uh matchup in terms of teams and franchises that you think of when you think of uh the fall classic mm-hmm. here but uh it, it's if you're into the if you're into the major leagues and you're into baseball um you know that these are two teams that have really really crescendoed to this point it wasn't it it didn't happen overnight for either team you have the houston rebuild that has now seen fruit for the last three or four years and a washington nationals team that has been dying to get there we touched on it a little last week addition by subtraction perhaps but the pitching staff no less gets them there now the pitching staff is going to try and get them their first uh title in in franchise history now i want to i guess i just kind of want to jump in straight to predictions here what do you think is going to happen do you think the layoff is going to be a little bit of an effect for the uh, for the national Layoff game, or I not, think it they could have played. Some, but they could have played. I think it will be um, because baseball is not necessarily the game where, like, if you're weighing momentum against uh, physical readiness and health, I think that this is the sport where it matters the most. Where you'd like, where you'd like the momentum rather than um, the layoff. The rest, where yeah. football, you always want that buy to get the body right because guys are constantly trying to get back to 100%. I don't think that there's a ton of guys that are physically beat up to the point where they're trying to get back to 100%. It's more of a, um, I guess I would say, season-long fatigue at this point. So just I'm, the point I'm trying to make is just balancing that momentum against the time off. I think you lean towards momentum a little bit in the major leagues. But the point I wanted to make was, regardless if this game was played 10 minutes after they clinched or played today, I just think Houston is too much for Washington. Um, from a lineup one through nine standpoint, um, I think they match up really well pitching wise, these two teams. But from a lineup standpoint, I, I just would be really afraid of Houston. I, I think obviously Houston's lineup is the better lineup, but it's not like when you look at Washington, that's a bad one either. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they don't have the Bryce Harper in there that they used to, but you got guys like Ryan Zimmerman stepping up, Howie Kendricks coming up with big hits. And the thing for me, I, I do think the layoff might be a factor for the lineup. I don't really think it is much for Max Scherzer simply because pitchers are a lot of times kind of used to the five or six day layoff in between starts. And if you look at Garrett Cole, I think it was the last time he started was game three or four against the Yankees. So it, it's not like he's brand, you know, he, he's not coming off a layoff himself yeah. either. So I think you're going to see each, both of their pitchers probably at their best. I do think the lineup is obviously going to miss not having in-game reps at the plate against an ace like Garrett Cole. But the Nationals, and I've been saying it since kind of that Milwaukee thing happened and some of those com- the, the comeback against the Dodgers, they have just the team of destiny-type feel to them. I don't yeah. know what it is about and, and a lot of you, you say in momentum, you can, or in baseball, you kind of want that momentum come October, and that's probably a sport where it matters as much as any is how you're playing, how the clubhouse feels together, how the clubhouse is gelling the momentum you have on the field. And the Nationals mm-hmm. just have that 
sense that not that the Astros don't because they just had you know an epic comeback win. I, I think that lineup, while it isn't Houston's, does match up fine. I actually would say the Nationals pitching rotation I would take right now over Houston's with the way Verlander's thrown the last two times out with the way Grinky's thrown this postseason. It hasn't necessarily been lights out. No, I, I, I mean, Verlander's last two starts, the first one against New York, I think he went six and a third, two earned, which is good, but it's not you know unbelievably dominant. It's, it's beatable. And then mm-hmm. uh, the clincher against New York, when you chance to clinch in game five, he went and gave up four in the first. Uh, Grinky has not been very good throughout the postseason, and I, I think Washington's top three all have. It's just when it comes down to the bullpen. I mean, Washington's going to need those starters to go just about seven every time because that bullpen is so depleted. It's just not very deep after Sean Doolittle and Daniel Hudson, who's not even all that great. But if that if those pitch, starting pitchers can give them six and you know six six and a third seven every time out, they're going to have a really really good chance to win yeah. the series. And Davey Martinez is going to give those guys every chance to do that because I think he knows that. It goes Strasburg Verlander tonight, Grinky Corbin on Friday. Isn't Cole Scherzer game one? Or excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at the schedule incorrectly. I'm looking at Wednesday's game. That's okay. So we have That's uh, okay. Cole it's Tuesday, Scherzer. Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, Tuesday, okay. Wednesday, Friday. Cole Scherzer tonight, Strasburg, Verlander on Wednesday. On Friday, you get the Grinky Corbin matchup. Then uh, we run it back um, on Saturday, Saturday, I, Sunday. So I'm uh, I'm incredibly excited for this World Series. I, I love as much as the. I think we talked about it with you know are the balls in the playoffs not juiced or whatever. We talked about how the the home runs are and stuff are all that exciting in the in the post or in mm-hmm. regular season. I'm a sucker for a good pitching matchup in the postseason. Like if you're going two to one and it's really really hard to scrape across runs and those you know picking up a run in the seventh to go up three to two makes it really feel insurmountable. It's it's so much more fun I think for me to watch. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, it should be a great series um, as you uh, outlined. Very who, who you got? Who do you, who you got? How many games? He, I, I just Houston. I, I think. Okay, Houston, you're gonna give me a game there. total or just Houston takes it? Houston, let's say in six. Okay. I think six is always the safe bet. I'm going to take um, the Nats in seven. Nats in seven. I, I'd love to see it. I always root for, you know, if I don't have a rooting interest, I always love seeing a fan base who hasn't had it before get it. Um, but I just think Houston, uh, in this moment, um, they've been there before. Um, they survived some of the best teams uh, coming through the playoffs here in the American League, and uh, I think they're better for it. Uh, not that Washington had a cakewalk to get to where they are right now, but uh, I do think Houston is the better ball club at the end of the day. I think you're right. I just I think it's going to be a fantastic series to watch. Matt's, uh, we're, Matt's we're giving you the pick. Matt's giving you the pick based off of just the team of destiny. I think they got it. There's that's a thing in sports. How about a team uh, destined to just break our hearts? Well, we uh, thought they were a team year. of destiny. You, to... you know, at some point last year to start this year, they kind of had that feel, and then then they didn't. Um, not to go like we're, we're going to get into the details of what happened on Sunday, but to go a little bit macro because I've I've hit a point right now, and I think you kind of know where I'm at because we were texting on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, are you ready to tell me? And I, I don't need you to tell me I'm right, but I just need you, I need to feel out where you are on Mitch because I know I was out on him early and he kind of won me over a little bit last year, but the sample size is there now. Um, I know he hasn't uh, been the starting quarterback. I, I know what you're getting. I, I'm I know he's coming off it. injury, but there's only two quarterbacks who are statistically worse than Mitchell Trubisky this season, and both of them are holding clipboards: Josh Rosen and Marcus Mariota. Um, not that we have a backup that's serviceable enough to sit Mitch down, but are you ready to move on from Mitch in the not too distant future? I, I really think I am, and I, I 
was talking about this, I believe, with uh, with my brother walking back from the Hawks game on Sunday, which, by the way, I'm very glad I went to that and just put myself out of my misery for the Bears game. <laughs> Stop watching through the third. You saw a good, saw a good hockey game. Very, right? very good hockey yeah. game. They didn't win, but honestly, that was probably the best they played all season. They played a very complete game. A couple bounces went Washington's way. They ended up losing we'll get to, to a very good team. We'll talk Save about it, it though. Um, <laughs> I'm still in on the physical tools that Mitch has. I think we've I mean, I, I still in on his athleticism. Are you? Because he doesn't – can you, can you just? I know. I know. Just I know, interrupt me like, when I'm done. Interrupt me when I'm done. Interrupt me when I'm done. Go ahead. We've seen flashes of the physical tools. I, I think when it's been made easy for him and laid out, he has the tools. He has the accuracy. He has the legs to get himself out there and make some throws. We've seen him make some really nice throws. I'm just so out on his mental mindset and, quite honestly, just his brain. I don't. I really don't think it's there. I think he's pressing. I, I'm so I think he's, done. I think he's I'm pressing. I'm so I think done he's with the whole. I ripped it during practice bullshit. Oh, well, I mean, I, oh, I've that, been, that I'm, act. That's that back act. to Mark Trestman. That's what Mark Trestman used to say every week when they they'd go out and they get shelled on Sunday. He's like, oh, you know, well, we had a great week of practice. You know, yeah, things didn't quite go right. You had a great week of practice because you went up against the scout team. That's why you had a great week of practice. You don't go up against the ones, especially coach, in the NFL. Your coach kind of has to say things like that, though. Your quarterback shouldn't. I, I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that you had that, a great week of that, practice. That to me, that line continues. To kind of the narrative that I I just think mentally he is broken. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know how to fix it. It's like the old quote from, uh, what's it, The Replacements, where Shane Falco's asked what he's wrong or what he's scared of, and he says quicksand. I think that's what Mitch is in right now. I think he's in quicksand. He's fighting too hard. He's thinking too much, and by doing that, he's just digging himself deeper into a hole. And I, I, unfortunately, I think he's might have gone, he, he might be at the, the point of no return. I think he might be under, you know, under the quicksand and gone because you can see he's he's got happy feet out there. He's overthrowing everything. He's not making correct reads, and this wasn't there last year. This was the last year when he had no expectations. When he just kind of had to go out there and play, he was fine. He was an above average quarterback to average quarterback that can win you twelve football games and have a pretty decent offense. And coming into it this year, he's got a lot on his plate. Teams have film on him. I mean, you, you go back to the Bears 100 celebration that you know they had at what was in June or July or something, and Jim McMahon pretty much just told him, hey, don't mess it up. I think I don't know if the, something like that is still ringing his head, but he's messing it up. I mean, I, I don't know if he has all the, weight, the pressure, the weight of the world on his shoulders, but I, I really do think he is overwhelmed mentally, emotionally, and intellectually, all that type of stuff. I just don't think it's there. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but I think those are all – possibilities of a true outcome when you're drafting a guy with as little experience as Mitch had in college. That's fair. Um, we could we could lament over the Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes passed up to pick Mitch Trubisky, whatever. It was a different coaching staff. They thought they were going to run a different type of offense. They thought that Mitch was the type of guy they made that decision. I thought that they were wrong at the time, and it's going to turn out that they're going to be wrong. But I'm so far beyond it already that like I'm watching Joe Burrow film. Like I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, to I'm see on to this who draft. The next I'm on guy to see who's is. available. I'm totally with um, you. I don't. We texted about it, and I don't want to sound like a meatball or whatever. But if Jacksonville sold on Gardner Minshew being their guy. I'm calling them and asking about Nick Foles. And I'm what do you trying, want for Nick Foles? Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm, they're going to have a higher price probably at least to start because they know the Bears are kind of desperate and they know that this is probably a one-time thing. It's probably not an offer they're making in the offseason. But if you can somehow pull off a player-for-player player swap or not give anything up more than a late-round draft pick and maybe a player or something like that, I think you have to do it. Because Nick, Nick, Nick Foles has won, this, won a Super Bowl in, in this exact offense or at least, you know, 
of carbon copy something of something similar, yeah. very, very similar to it. I think it will, we'll get to Matt Nagy because he's not uh, – Mitch is obviously a, a big part of the blame, but Matt Nagy's every bit as much to blame, I think, for it as Mitch. Um, I, I think having that quarterback where you don't have to worry about what can I do, what can't I do uh, it takes a lot of pressure off the play caller, and I think it opens up your book and lets you do you know follow your instincts a little bit more, follow your gut on what you, what you want to call instead of what you're limited to call. Um, let, let's get into that because let's say best case scenario, Nick Foles is your quarterback next year. Is that the missing piece? Do you think Matt Nagy, do you have enough confidence in Matt Nagy to call an, an offense that'll get you to the playoffs and win a Super Bowl? Because I'm beyond that too. Um, I'm, I know I'm, things, clo- I'm I know not, things start I'm moving not fast. at that point yet that you are at, because I do think when we saw Chase Daniel in the game, you saw a quarterback who, well, wasn't isn't isn't talented. He's not all that talented. You saw a quarterback who knew the system, who knew the offense. And while the offense didn't perform that well, there were times where the offense looked like it flowed a little bit. The play calling was absolutely better, and the offense was able to move a little bit. It had some rhythm to it. It had a little bit more of an identity to it than, than it does with Mitch in there. So yes, if there's a veteran quarterback with some talent that knows the system, that is, I mean, almost like a second coach on the field. I'm not at the point where I'm saying Matt Nagy, you're fired. Um, I, I would give him a chance with that offense because I do think he has the respect of that locker room. I think we saw last year he knows how to handle that locker room. Um, but I, I'd like to see him to with, me, a, with Sunday, a quarterback that he trusts. To me on Sunday, it looked like he was losing the team. It looked like, he had, it looked like he's lost the defense in some ways. Um, you saw Khalil Mack taking plays off. You saw Leonard Floyd looking somewhat uninterested. Those guys can only be trotted out there so many times with the notion in their mind that no matter how dominant we are, we're not going to win this football team because our offensive coordinator, our head coach, can't call the plays and our quarterback can't execute them. It's hard for a defense to keep up a championship intensity with zero support from the other side of the ball. Now, I'm not excusing a $100 million man taking Mm -hmm. plays off. I'm not excusing players looking uninterested, but there is a reason why those things start to happen. To me, on Sunday, against the Saints, down three scores, it looked like he was starting to lose that football team. And when you lose a locker room, you're bound to lose a lot more games. Um, They could go up in front of the microphone. They could go to the podium and say all the right things about how we're going to keep plugging away and how we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep this. We're going to keep that. But there are conversations being had between players on the defensive side of that ball, no doubt, in that locker room, that this is goddamn frustrating. That this is is not where I want to be right now. We're too good to be this record, to be playing like this. What are we going to do? And now some guys can be proactive in that moment. Some guys can be neutral in that moment. Other guys want to get the hell out in that moment. And I think you'll probably have a bit of a mix of all of those, but the fact that those conversations are likely being had in that locker room right now is only a detraction from what they're trying to do. I don't disagree with you, but I'm also not certain that that either A, immediately changes if you dump the head coach, or B, doesn't change if you just get things going on offense. I don't think they care how the offense gets going. and I'm not sure necessarily he, they've lost the, or he's lost that side of the locker room because it's not really – they don't really – as long as that side gets going, I'm, I'm not sure they see him as a guy who can't get it going because we've seen that part of the locker room going when he's had, an off, when he's had a quarterback who – I guess last year, last year's Mitch, that offense was moving. I don't think there was much of a problem with him. And I'm, I, I think just something needs to change. I'm not ready to say yet that Matt Nagy needs to go or, or needs to be out, that we need someone new, someone fresh, because I still do like, I still like him as a head coach and think with the right quarterback in that system, he's an okay, he's an okay coach, okay offensive mind play caller. 
uh, is, is absolutely up for debate because we've seen that before. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing that offense with a quarterback that knows how to run it, that is intelligent, that knows how to make the reads, and quite honestly can make the throws. And while Nick Foles has only kind of done it in flashes throughout his career, he won a Super Bowl in that offense, a Super Bowl MVP in that offense, put up 40 points against one of the best defenses in the NFL in a Super Bowl in that offense. Do you in any way see Matt Nagy as an overwhelmed head coach as someone who belongs as a coordinator. And I know that's an easy out when you're talking about someone in his first opportunity as a head coach, but you're seeing a similar thing in Denver with Vic Fangio, an Mm -hmm. amazing defensive coordinator who is wildly overwhelmed as a head coach. I think in his body language, in his play calling, in his lack of flow, I think that Matt Nagy might be a coordinator. I think you can tell that He's starting to feel overwhelmed right now, and I think when he when I he think, pulled Mitch back into the huddle and then had when he pulled Mitch back to the sideline and then had to take a timeout because he took too well, long. The, so to that, play that call actually on the was sideline. Uh, well, that was uh, his headset was broken. I, I, okay, so go to your go to your play sheet, make the call, and then send Mitch to the huddle. Don't go to your play sheet, make the call, let Mitch go away, pull Mitch back to you, change the call or amend the call. Send him back out to the huddle with 17 seconds to call the play and snap the ball. That's high school stuff. Well, I, that is legitimate high school stuff. I'm going back to where we see him on the sideline, see him in the press right now. I do think he's flustered. I'm not ready to say that you know he can, he is for sure just the coordinator. He can't handle it. But I think the way you see him handle the rest of this season will kind of tell you because th- as bad as this team has been. The last couple of weeks, I mean, this is this is rock bottom of not only the season, the Matt Nagy era. As bad as this team has been, they are three and three. They are in a position where they can win some games, and if you can figure out a way to get this team back on track and you know win some games and do do the things they do well, well, you're going. You can prove that you are a head coach. You can prove that you're not over your head. If you lose this team, if it kind of all falls off the rails and you guys, you know, you bottom out, you finish. Five and eleven, six and ten. Then, yeah, you probably deserve. You've probably proven that you are not a head coach. You can't handle it, and you should be let go. I guess, uh, if that makes sense. I kind of have a, a weekly um, come to Jesus moment with my dad um, after these types of games sure. where he screams and yells, and there are little gems of coherence uh, amongst a lot of makes sense cra- craziness. That's like talking and, to you. And one of them, a question that I posed to him, I don't know what he said that spurred it, but a question that I posed to him that I want to pose to you. Sure. Do you think that, overwhelmed or not, do you think that Matt Nagy's seeing the game different from field level? Because as a coordinator, if I'm not mistaken, he was up in the booth for the Chiefs. You know, I could be wrong. Looks, I, I actually thought I remembered seeing him on sideline. It's, I don't know if that changed when he was a play caller, but I, I'm not totally sure he was that, but I will take your word for it. I thought I remember seeing him in the play in the playoff game that one that he his play calling pretty much lost Down on for the, the sidelines. I thought I saw him on the sidelines, but I, again, I'm not totally sure if that might have changed when he became play caller from offensive coordinator. And uh, I mean, whether or not I, I'm not looking at pictures of mm-hmm. him with the Chiefs, whether or not he was up or down. Someone let us know. Tweet that at us. <laughs> whether or not he was up or down, Alex Smith was his quarterback, and let's not sit here and pretend like Alex Smith is the second coming of Johnny Unitas, mm-hmm. like. He's done it before with a quarterback who's non, not a top five guy, not a top ten guy. He's done it before. I mean, Alex Smith had some crazy, crazy um, efficient seasons. But but you know what Alex Smith was? Mitch he, was a, he was a smart veteran. No, he wasn't. He's the, he's, I'm, oh, I see where, what I you're saying. I think he's the anti-Mitch Trubisky. He did. But from a talent he, standpoint, he's got, he's got 
plus ability to get outside of the pocket and okay arm strength. Yeah, but that's he, what I was comparing. He's to a yesterday. smart veteran guy. The brain is where they the where they depart. forever. Yeah. And knew the system, knew Andy. He was a very smart guy. Was able to pick on it, and, and was almost like another coach on the field. And I, I, I hate bringing it back to this because I, I mean, I feel like an idiot. I have been a Mitch defender after what I saw last year. I was sold on as being the guy going forward, and what we've seen from him mentally throughout this season. Again, not physically. I still think all the physical to- tools are there. Mentally, he just doesn't have what it takes. And I think it's time. And Chase Daniel's not the guy. Please don't tell me that he's not a good quarterback. He might no, know how to run. He great, might know. He's a great backup. He's a great backup. And honestly, he's probably going to make, make a pretty good quarterbacks coach someday if he wants to be in a system like this because he does know the offense really well. He's not talented. It's just he's not the guy as much as some people might want him to be because Chicago loves their backup quarterbacks. I, I think you need to see what this offense looks like in a system with a quarterback that is a talented. Doesn't have to be a top five, you know, top three guy, whatever but a guy with talent who knows how to run the system, who knows how to read a defense. And again, I'm not sure Mitch does because he also he's always staring down a first read, and if he doesn't have that first read, he's bolting the pocket and usually either getting sacked or throwing it away. And sometimes when he's throwing to that first read, he can't get the ball there. I mean, he bounced a couple. He sailed a few. I, I just there's, – there's zero in his game right now that has – he had a chance that on that has given us any reason to be optimistic about anything that he's doing. He had a chance on that first drive. It was like third and eight. Uh, and, you know, they they tried running the ball twice or whatever it was. And it was third and eight, third and seven, and he had t- Taylor Gabriel open on a fifteen yard out. That would have been a nice first down. Keep the chains moving, and he just threw it over his head by about five feet. It wasn't even close. Yeah. And then the Anthony Miller route. Obviously, there was some confusion on there. But now, I, the more I listen to it, the more I hear coaches break it down. It seems like Miller was kind of in the right. He was breaking away from the safety, and that's something Mitch should know. Get the ball yeah. more towards the sidelines and give your guy a chance instead of throwing it into the safety. He was wrong there. Um, I don't know. I guess if you're looking at bright spots, Allen Robinson was fantastic again. But then again, he also is going on social media rants and, and yelling at everybody on Twitter, which I think is the, the worst possible thing you could be doing. Uh, yeah, but like that's just another sign of where this team is at in terms of I, its leadership. Yes, and uh, I, I Tariq think Cohen taking on a bunch a, of people on Twitter. Alan Robinson taking on a bunch of people on Twitter. Their head is not in the building because right now I don't it's think not. There's a, I don't I think agree. that there's a bunch of. I don't think that there's a bunch of direction inside the building we'll, right we'll now. Fi- we will figure out after this week how much I think after after this week how much direction there is in this building because this week is a great chance for a get right game. The Chargers are not a good football team. Philip Rivers has been a terrible quarterback. Their defense has not been all that good. This is their chance to do it. This is their chance to it get is. themselves together, figure out you come together as a team and put together a game and at least start trending the other way show some positive signs of life because as much as that denver win was a night you know it was, it was a win you got it the offense was terrible it didn't show signs of life outside of a cordero patterson you know 80 yard run or whatever it was it is a chance for a get right game matt but at the same time take yourself out of your shoes and become a chargers fan for a second and they're saying the get same right game damn for them. thing they're saying the same damn thing oh and that's someone needs to get right move the ball a good defense, but we can score on them, and we don't need to score much on them. And let's get well, right. That's, that's a what team I'm that saying was here. supposed to be good, a playoff hopeful. We're, this we're is saying a, the same thing. I'm not disagreeing em. with this. You. Is a pick em. This is a challenge to the Chicago Bears. They're saying the same thing. So, what, I mean, if they're mentally strong, if they are in that locker room, if they are all together, if they do believe in themselves as a group and believe in the things that they can do well, they will come out and win this football game. If they don't, if they've checked out, they're going to come out and maybe win. But you'll, I mean. There's one win that felt different than all of them this year. That was the Vikings one. 
I mean, the, the other ones, uh, they've gotten a couple wins, but it, you kind of left yourself like, well, Those that, that wasn't good. Yeah, yeah th- that wasn't very good. Like the Redskins one, that, that was okay. They, you know, took advantage of that, whatever. This is their chance. And it, they, again, they could come out, play badly, still somehow kind of scrape across a win, but this is their chance to change the feeling on the team. And just to go back to, before we move on here, just to go back to Nagy for two seconds. Um, I, I, I'm way more out on him right now than you are, obviously, but I'm not ready to say, hey, blow the thing up. We need a new head coach, start it from scratch, because mm-hmm. then you are really going back to square one with a defense that is ready to win something, um, which I think, you know, uh, we talk about the window all the time. and The window's um, still going to be there for this. The window on this defense, I mean, you're going to have to pay Eddie Jackson, I think, in two years. I mean, they yeah. might get an extension, but you're going to have to pay him in two years. You probably have to make a decision on Leonard Floyd, which, quite honestly, you, you probably let that guy walk because he's going to want some money that he probably doesn't deserve. You can you can replace that guy. The window for this defense isn't necessarily on its way all the way shut. It's they're still going to have the core around for quite some time. I agree. If you draft I agree, but well, we're digressing which, from the point. Yeah, we're digressing from the point I was trying to make okay. in the fact that. Go ahead. Um, Sorry. If Matt Nagy ever again runs the ball seven times, a franchise record low, seven times in a football game. Run him the hell out of town. This is this is the NFL where we're always it's a rubber band effect that we talk about. We're always trying to be on the cutting edge of something offensively, and um, at, in about five to six year spans, those things correct, and sometimes they overcorrect the other way. But the teams that are winning week after week are effectively running the football. Mm-hmm. Now I know Aaron Rodgers threw the ball all over the park, but they he's Aaron Rodgers. They've had success because he's been able to turn it, turn around and hand it off to Jones. That's mm-hmm. where they're succeeding on first down. You look at the New England Patriots in the most physical run game in the NFL right now. You look at these teams that are winning with consistency, and it's through the run. We can see your genius. We can see all of these great things and these gadgety plays after you establish the run. I swear to God. If he doesn't turn around and hand the ball off to David Montgomery, a guy who you put the faith of a pick, mm-hmm. your only your your highest pick last year, you put the faith of your pick in him. Or no, they picked. No, no Montgomery was, was their first was, pick. Yeah, yeah. Montgomery was the first pick because they gave away the other one, right? Yeah, for Mac. that was yeah. When you put your faith in that guy, turn around and hand him the damn ball. Establish a little bit of flow on first down, on second down, on third down, whenever you want to do it. Establish the run, and, and and then we'll we'll be able to see your true genius. But right now. Matt Nagy's selling point and his strong suit of play calling is his biggest detriment. He's failing in the place where he's supposed to be strongest. And if that is, and if that's happening, I don't care if you're the offense coordinator, the head coach, the defense coordinator, if you're the equipment manager, if you're a special teams coordinator, I don't care what your role is. If you are failing at what you are supposed to be best at, you cannot be here any longer. Yeah. And I think, We've talked about all season how the offensive line hasn't been very good. It's hard to get into a rhythm blocking, you know, trying to run, you know, especially run. Figure blocking. it out. No, no, no. Figure no, it no, out. No. If there's hey, anything you that can be figured finish, out, just I'm, let me not, finish. I'm not marginalizing me, offensive no, 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 line no, no. play. All but I'm if there's anything is, that can be figured want, out week to week, it's offensive line If you line want play. to get your Put, offensive line rolling, if you want to get the run blocking rolling, let them run, you know, run the ball. Give them a chance to get going. Give them a chance to fire off the ball instead of, hey, it's two. We, we're giving up on you. We're throwing the ball every time. That takes people out of a rhythm, too. Because That's you know what, you know what, what gets saying. hard? You know what gets really hard, Matt, when you can't run the football and you don't give your offensive line the ability to do that? Pass blocking. 
because they're coming downhill at you, because they can rush wide off the edges, Mm -hmm. because they can just pin their ears back and come after the quarterback when they know, hey, there's only a chance that they're going to run the ball seven times today. It makes it a lot easier as a defensive lineman to not have to stand up and read your gap. You can just pin your ears back and go get the quarterback. Exactly. Go find Uh, find the ball. We're on the same page here. I'm agreeing with you. Uh, It's just – I'm I'm about – I'm one Sunday away from saying, get this guy the hell out of town. I really am. I, you're, I don't think you're alone in that. I'm not quite there with you, but it's trending towards that. Um, let's talk about something else. What are we talking about next? We can talk about the rest of the NFL. We can talk about college football. Yeah, talk let's, about a, talk about, let's talk about all these teams that are having success. If you want to do that, I don't Let's care. talk about all these teams that are having success. Let's do that. Well, not do all quick, of them. I let's mean, just do a quick whiff around on the NFL. The Redskins stink. Yeah, they do, but let's not ever bunch ourselves in with that. Um, all right, Matt, hit the music. Alrighty. Chiefs and Broncos on a Thursday night uh, saw the dislocation of one Pat Mahomes' knee. Matt Moore comes in, uh, steadies the ship, finds Tyreek Hill on a deep one to seal the deal. But uh, I think the Chiefs do have uh, a reason to be worried, at least for the next three weeks here, without the MVP. Yeah, you know, we talk about get-right games. That was their get-right game, and they're going to have a really tough uh, Sunday night against the Packers. And then they got the Vikings, too, playing really, really well. So we'll learn about a lot about them the next two weeks. If they could figure out a way to go one-and-one in the next two then they go to Tennessee, getting Mahomes back, possibly, if not till after that. They're going to be in some pretty good shape. Rams and Falcons was a no contest. The Rams' defense really did look like a different defense with the injection of Jalen Ramsey on that side of the ball. Unfortunately, Matt Ryan goes down with an ankle. Um, I haven't heard yet how long that's going to be, but if they have any brain between their ears, you shelf them for the rest of the season, yeah. sitting at one and six, trying to extend his career a little bit. Um, but I, I just think that's a fatalist approach anyway. So, uh, but thirty-seven to ten was the final. The Rams, uh, you know, they're they're an up and down team, but I, I'm I'm not ready to say that they're not an NFC favorite. No, I mean the the talent's still there. It's it's the depth that people are worried about. When they're healthy, yeah. they're as good as anybody. Uh, except, I mean, looking at Todd Gurley's stat, you know, stat line here, 18 carries for 41 yards. He's just not the same back anymore. Uh, but, great pass catcher still. You saw him haul that one in yeah, over his shoulder. Was that catch. was a, a catch that most receivers don't make. Um, the, I think uh, that uh, Sean McVay needs to just get a little creative with him and yeah. try and figure out you know, how we can lessen the blows on his knees and still get him the ball 25-plus times a game. On the other side of the sideline, um, talk about coaches that have lost the locker room. Dan Quinn. I don't know how that man still is. Dan Quinn should have been fired 10 years ago. If if they don't fire him, I think they got a bye coming up in a week or two. If he's not fired by them, I'm shocked. Yeah. Uh, Just just a negative negative time to be. And it really all turned around when they lost that Super Bowl. And they lost Kyle Shannon. Not to go back to it. It it really all turned around right then. So, Uh, Dolphins and Bills. The Finns, where I believe a season high 21 points, would still come up empty. The Bills don't look now. Five and one. Um, I only watched a little bit of this one, but uh, it, it looked like Josh Allen was uh, back to his Josh Allen ways, making guys miss, running the ball, and then uh, hooking up with, with less than stellar receivers for touchdowns. Yeah, he was kind of bad early, better late. The Dolphins played all right for a little while, and then the Dolphins things. I really only saw as much as Red Zone wanted to show me. Uh, but I mean, don't look now. Eagles, Redskins, Browns, Dolphins, Broncos are the next Gross. five games for the Bills. They could Gross. be 9-2. Very, very easily could be. Um, Which is so a wild, wild world. I'm not looking forward to have to talk about them for the next four weeks. Uh, Jaguars and Bengals. Jags pulling off 27-17. to 17, Another yucky game. Uh, Jags score 18 in the fourth quarter to win this one. Uh, Leonard Fournette went off. And I said yucky. Well, you did say yucky. That might be the first time on this podcast. Uh, Leonard Fournette went off. Gardner Minshew looks like he figured it out late after a tough start. Um, 
kind of wonder if the Bengals start selling things off, see if they can't recoup some some draft picks because it is it is going very very poorly for Zach Taylor in his first year over there. Raiders and Packers, the Pack throw it all over the yard as we said, forty two to twenty four. The game really turned uh, right before the half. David Carr, as David Carr does, trying to extend for the pylon. Derek Carr, thank you. David hasn't been in the league for years. How many times have I done that? And I've never done that on air out here, I promise. We talk about him a lot. Derek Carr uh, doing Derek Carr things. Just getting it out Uh, of your system here. Turning point was uh, him throwing the ball out of the back of the end zone. Not the back of the end zone, the side of the end zone, trying to reach for the pylon. I feel like the Packers benefit from that rule like at least once a season. Yeah, and Derek Carr does it once a season. He did it last year, too. Yep. And uh, that changed. That was a 22-point swing. Yeah, because that, that was going to put them up right before the half, right? That would have put them up, I believe, 21-17. No, 17-10 to 10 before okay. the half. I think it was going like to be. That. He throws it out of the side of the end zone. Packers score a touchdown before the half, get the ball, score a touchdown on their opening drive. So, yeah. So. Um, that was that. Aaron Rodgers, six total touchdowns. Shout out to Kyle Gorgel for having him on his bench in fantasy against me. I'm just going to say the Packers are good, and I would rather not talk about it. Texans and Colts. The Colts win this one 30-23. It feels like every weekend, regardless of who they're playing, the Texans are in a two-minute drill with a minute left in the game. Doesn't matter the opponent. The situation is always going to be down seven or down three with a minute and a half to play. This week, Deshaun Watson couldn't get it done, throws in an interception on that final drive. Yeah, these are just two teams that I just can't really figure out for the life of me. I mean, one the Colts week, are really good. Jacoby Brissett's really good. That I team was deep too. before Andrew Luck left, yeah. and they're still deep. Uh, uh, but this is signs a, of a guy who can step in and do his job. They're a team that's figuring out ways to win You know, kind of different each week. They beat the Chiefs by running the ball, you know. 40 times, 45 times, whatever it was, and just basically killing him on the ground this week. Look at Marlon Mack, only had 44 yards. He was their leading rusher. Brissett throws for 326, four touchdowns. Uh, it, it's a team that can beat you multiple ways, and they play pretty good defense. Obviously, they're great up front, led by Quentin Nelson. And, uh, and now they have the uh, the step ahead in the AFC North, or AFC East? East. South. AFC South. I figured it South. out eventually. There you go. We went around the map. Cardinals and Giants. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals on a three-game win there. streak, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Halfway to my car, to my Kyler Murray will never win six games in a season. Claim could that be broken in his rookie season? Perhaps. I think Bruce if he Arians does, you only box of titleists. Bruce Arians getting the most out of his guys. But if you look at the next few weeks for this Arizona Cardinals team, they go Saints, Niners, Bucks, Niners, Rams, Steelers, Browns, Seahawks, Rams. So I see a win against the Steelers, maybe against the Bucks, and maybe against the Browns. Yeah, but that's, that's where it's going to have to come, honestly. You or they're really going to have to like, somehow get lucky and steal one at home and catch the week, uh, the Rams on a week where they look like the, the bad Rams, yeah. not the good ones. You got two against the Rams, two against the Niners, one against the Saints. Best of luck, Kyler Murray. Not going to go well. I am, no, I am not feeling as confident in my claim as I did before. And I, I'm not ready to eat crow, but... Kyler has, he's made some terrible decisions. He ran out of bounds as they were trying to run out the clock um, during Sunday's game. Made it a little tougher on them to get to that victory. Gave Just trying to challenge to the team. Giants. I like it. But he is doing a lot of good things. Um, he is deferring to Larry Fitzgerald. He is, you know, he has made a couple mistakes, but he is making good decisions. So uh, uh, not ready to eat crow, but I will say he's impressed me beyond what I expected. Well, good. I, I, I don't have much more to say on it. You kind of took it all from me there, and all I was going to say was, you know, Kyler's halfway there. Niners and Redskins played in a torrential downpour um, on a natural grass field. The game finishes with Nick Bosa sacking uh, the quarterback and doing a soccer slide across the field. It was good stuff. 
Uh, some great pictures came out of that one. Nine nothing, three Robbie Gold field goals, but he did miss another one. Uh, yeah, Robbie Gold, uh, not to feed into the. He's got worse numbers there. than Cody Parkey had last year. He does. He already has more misses than Cody Parkey did last year. See Won't you get guys. into it. Won't get into it. Um, we were uh, wrong. Not, End up, we were wrong on that. One. Not looking for any vindication, but the Niners proving that they can win football games in a multitude of different ways. Uh, they showed that they could do it by just shutting down an offense completely. Now, mind you, it was the Redskins, but it, it's a mean defense. There's no doubt about it. Apologize to anybody that had the Niners minus nine and a half. <laughs> Chargers and Titans. Yeah, that was a tough sweat. That's there. a tough one because it's raining the whole time, and that you know that's going to come into play, and it's. They, I did. They were, so I believe they were 0 for 2 in the red zone, too. Like they had a couple of chances oh, to score touchdowns. So, Chargers and Titans. Titans win this one 23 to 20. I have nothing to say about either of these teams. Yeah, Melvin uh, Gordon. Ryan Tannehill. Just... Ryan Tannehill looked better than Marcus Mariota. I guess hey, Mel- was... Melvin Gordon, maybe don't hold out and then fumble on the one inch yard line with a chance to go up late. That's, <laughs> that's about all I got. Another tough beat. Uh, Saints and Bears. We know nope. what happened. Ravens nope. and Seahawks. Nope, didn't happen. Never happened. Ravens and Seahawks. 30 to 16. This was the jaw dropper for me this week. Yeah, I, did I was not surprised expect this. this one. Seahawks with all the momentum in the world, people crowning them NFC champions already, um, getting it done. Tyler Lockett looks amazing. Russell Wilson back to his MVP ways. And the Ravens come into one of the hardest places in the NFL to play and just completely impose their will. Going forward on a fourth down, tied at 16, um, made no sense. Harbaugh deferred to his quarterback. Lamar Jackson said, let's do it. Doesn't only get the first down on fourth down, but scores the touchdown. That was the turning point in that one. I can't figure out either of these teams. I really don't know what to expect from either of them on a week-to-week basis. Like, It's just, it, it, they're going to be doing stuff like this all week. The Ravens will probably go lose a very questionable way you know, in a week or two. I'm not looking at their schedule off the top of my head. But they'll probably have a couple head-scratching losses and then a couple head-scratching wins. And it, it's going to be wild. And I think the Seahawks are, are destined to do the same thing. Um, lost my page. We got two lost more to talk about. Eagle, <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys. The boys, speaking of imposing their will, 37-10, to never even a ball game. Uh, two early turnovers by Philadelphia's offense. People are starting to worry about Carson Wentz again. I still think he's got it. I just don't think there's much talent around him right now. And, uh, and the Cowboys, uh, this was, I think this was, I don't want to call it their peak, but this is their... This is their ceiling. We no, know I think how that's good they can peak. be. Yeah, that's as good as they. We can know be. how good they can be. We know that if they perform at that level, that they'll find themselves deep into the playoffs as well. Um, but uh, yeah, just I was I wasn't surprised at the outcome. I was surprised at the final score, though. Yeah, you could pretty much tell me anything's going to happen with the Cow- a lot like the Ravens and the Seahawks. Tell me just about anything's going to happen with the Cowboys the rest of the way, and I wouldn't be all that shocked. That's they're in not very good division. They'll probably run away with it, but I'm still not sure that's going to show us much about them before the playoffs heading into the playoffs because they're probably going there with how bad that division is. Pats and Jets looked like Pats and Jets. 33 to nothing. Uh, a complete just beating of uh, of the divisional foe, if you want to even call him that. Sam Darnold with turnovers abound. Matt, uh, excuse me, uh, Tom Brady just you know demanding greatness from his team and getting it. Bill Belichick up 26 nothing, huddling up the defense and giving them coaching, telling them to you know continue to focus on their jobs, this and that. All the things that go into being a championship franchise were on display last night, turned into a 33 nothing victory. Can we give him like a stake of ownership to come coach the Bears? Give them whatever they want. Yeah, like and literally anything. Give them, give them the blood of our quarterback. Sure. That just got dark. No, I'm sorry. Human sacrifice. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> Matt, why don't we uh, jump into it's some about winning uh, Super Bowls. Let's Not jump into some locks here. 
let's make some people some money because we're both on one game heaters. I think was this the don't. first 2-0 week? Yes. Did we go 2-0 for the first so. time? I don't think well, we it's only your won. second win, so I'm going to guess that yes it is. You didn't have to say that. Uh, you were going to say your record anyways. I'm now 2 and 6 there you on go. the year with locks of the week. Matt moves to uh, an even 500 at 4 and 4. Matt, why don't you give the people your lock for this week? Uh, I we talked about the Colts how we they're able to win games different ways each time. I got burned my last time going with them on my lock of the week, but I'm going to go back to them this week. Colts at home minus 5 against a not very good Denver Broncos team and offense that really can't move the ball. I like the Colts at home. Uh, lock that up at minus 5. I really 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 like that bet. Um, I'm going to take your, uh, I'm going to take your advice on that one and throw throw a little bit of action couple down shekels. on it. I think couple shekels. I think that number moves. Um, I think so. I think it gets up close to a touchdown. So get it today, I'd say. But buy now. I really, I got to wait till buy, in Vegas to buy it. But buy now. I love the board outside of that bet. So if I could uh, piggyback on you, I would. But we're not going to do that. Okay. Um, I am going to take the under. In Patriots Browns, I believe what was it, forty and a half? Did I say? I don't have it up right now. Uh, Patriots um, Browns. Let me scroll through here. This is great radio. Great radio, always good it's thing. Not it's a podcast, not radio. Yeah, that's also talk. Tell some, tell something to the people why I checked this. Huh? Um, What'd you do I today? Could sing. Your do you want me to sing? I would, we really do not want that to happen. Uh, my day's been all right. Uh, I had to take the dog to the vet. Just, just needed an update on a couple shots. No big that's deal. That's okay. Um, so she's feeling good. She's laying next to me now. Feeling I do most better. of these podcasts with uh, Riley by my side. So yeah, and, a, and some iced coffee in your hand with little, the uh, little, little ice clinking you know. around. The over under is 45 and a half. 45 and a half. Thank so you. You like the um, under I'm, 45 and a half. I'm taking the under 45 and a half. Um, I was thinking of the Bears over under there at 40 and a half. Okay. I'm taking I, the under I actually 40, like that one too. I'm taking the under, the under 45 and a half. Just how dominant the defense is for um, the Patriots. It's going to give Baker Mayfield fits. We saw what Baker did against the 49ers on Monday night. Really struggled against a tough defense in terms of scoring. Um, I, I think that the Patriots want to be that physical team that they were last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they want to run the ball predominantly. So I don't. I'm not necessarily afraid of them running it up on the Browns. That's why I like the 45 and a half under. What do you think about this? I just thought of this now, but what, what do you think? What do you think about this teaser? A little six point teaser action. Tease mm-hmm. the Colts to plus a half. All right, that, okay. that's pretty good. You like that? Tease that under up to 51 and a half. You, you probably like that, right? Love it. Tease the Bears Chargers under to 46. I don't think they're getting to 46. No, not a chance. I think that's pretty. I would probably tease the Patriots to six and a half. Touchdown at home against Cleveland. I think I like okay. that. Right? I think that's pretty that's, good. That's the only one that doesn't like jump that, off the That I don't me, think is like, like that's going to happen. But like, yeah. okay, you, you want to go a three-team teaser, go a three-team teaser. I'm not going to tell you no. I got to get into the teaser game, man. Oh, I don't, the teaser I don't game's teasers. not bad. You, you got to keep it to three because it gets really tempting to be like, oh, man, like those seven, <laughs> those seven. There's you no way they You start seeing the board. You see the board. And then like within minutes of the first quarter, like, oh, damn. Oh, all right. Well, Matt, let's jump into some segments here. In place of buy or sell, we're going to kick off the NBA season, which tips off tonight. Um, what, what's the game tonight? It I, is the, that's a great guess. I don't schedule, know. Right. I don't know uh, the Blackhawks play tonight. That's we got two games. We got two games tonight uh, to kick off the season. The New Orleans and Toronto, which was supposed to be Zion Williamson versus the defending champion. Zion will be out six to eight weeks after Keep having going. arthroscopic surgery on his knee. Uh, what did I say about um, the, the, the workload? 40-plus games? Uh, whatever. I don't we'll, remember, we'll, but yes, you we'll said. We'll see when we get there. Um, the Lakers and the Clippers also tonight, which will be a great watch. Yeah. Uh, going to be really be fun, fun to kick off the season with that one. Both of those games. I should get home right around halftime of that. That'll be fun. TNT. Um, but we're going to kick off the NBA season, or we're going to tip off the NBA season, excuse me, with some, uh, 
with some over-unders in terms of win totals. We're going to keep soccer. the uh, betting theme going, give some people some, some good things to look at long-term here, Matt. So why don't you lead us off? Uh, I am going to ask you first about your hometown Sacramento Kings. Um, we, we talk about them a lot, but they've also been – I think they're an intriguing team around the West, not just because you know them well. I think they're mm-hmm. a fun up-and-coming team similar to the one we have here in our own city. I think they're – you can call them the West Coast Bulls if you'd like to, similar to that. I'd say I'd say a year Maybe, ahead of them, that, too. That's a fair, but say you know, a year simil- ahead of them. similar tracks, if we totally. want to leave it there. Uh, the Kings over-under win total is 37.5 in a tough West, a West that they competed for the last playoff spot till about a week or two left in the year last year. Buyer mm-hmm. or over-under, 37.5 wins. Over is, by the way, minus 140. Under is plus 110. Yeah, a lot of action coming in on that over, and I think for good reason. And now I know that's public money. I don't know what the sharp money is, but I like the over as well. The only thing that I doubt about this team is their ability to close late in games, but there are going to be a lot of games that they're up 130 to 110, and it's not going to matter. Okay. Um, they're going to score the ball with impressive at an impressive rate. Um, Buddy Heald contract just got done. They don't have to worry about that. Not a bad deal anymore. for him. Not a bad deal for the team. Yeah, um, either, I it's, it's a good deal for both sides. 86 guaranteed with incentives up to 106. Um, some of those incentives are making it to the finals, this and that. It looks like he's going to come in somewhere just shy of 196 with the incentives that he'll likely hit. But to get back to the topic at hand, I like the over for this team. They won more games than that last year, and I think that the rosters got increasingly better. You could say that the West got a lot better, but this was a team that largely rose to the occasion. They had a lot of one-point ball games with the Warriors last year being the best team in the West. The Warriors are one of the best teams in the mm-hmm. West. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. I think that they're going to dominate the East in their crossover games. Um, I, I really like them to be a 42-win team is where I put them. So I like them with the over. I'm gonna, I, I might trust you and put a couple on that. Might trust me. I like that. Don't, cool. don't, don't, don't for sure trust me, but maybe trust me. Well, I don't bet sometimes. a ton of preseason stuff. <laughs> Um, Matt, I, I didn't write down what, what I'm asking you, so I might ask one that you're asking me. But uh, You were asking my, about my, the Chicago Bulls, Joe. The Chicago Bulls, of course I'm asking Naturally. about the Chicago Bulls. Um, Matt, the Chicago Bulls coming into this season, a little bit dinged up, but a nice-looking roster, at least from a starting standpoint. Um, a, a really low number, but I don't know what to make of the team at this point. Over under 33.5 wins for the Bulls. So you can get some value on the under. Uh, looks like same with the Kings, very similar to the to our point. Um, minus one thirty four on that over at thirty three and a half. I mean, I know last year it came in around twenty seven and a half, and everybody mm-hmm. around here was saying, you know, the hot bet's the over. And I think it shows how much Vegas thinks they have improved this year by you know bumping that all the way up to thirty three. I think last year they would have come close to that total, like you and like you said, got really banged up for for significant stretches of the year. Um, I like that team. I like the talent that they have. I think they're finally kind of figuring out how to play, how they want to play that offense, how they want to run it through Zach Levine. I think they have a nice point guard rotation now with Thomas Sadoransky, the veteran in there. I think he's a really nice player. I think Kobe White coming off the bench is going to be really effective. I like this. If they stay healthy, I think they, they there's no question they should go over the 33 and maybe be like a 35-36 win team look like they'll probably challenge for an eight seed in the east and probably not get it but i, I think they should be a fun team to watch granted if if one of levine or marketing goes down for a significant stretch you know they're, they're going to struggle uh, i agree to an extent i just i don't have a great feel for it and it'd be one that i'd stay away from i'd lean towards the over but it also wouldn't surprise me if they won 29 games you could tell um, me they won 40 games i wouldn't be 100 percent shocked you tell me they won 25 i wouldn't be 100 percent shocked like that's where I, that's the range of how good to bad this team can be yeah um matt 
I believe we were going to go Zach Levine. We we're going to stay bulls here, right? Sure. Um, this is going to be more of a buy or sell than an over under. I'm fine with um, that. I like buying and selling. Matt, there is a path to a scoring title. To be honest with you, for Zach Levine, there's going to have to be. I think he so. Could, he could average 28 points um, mm-hmm. this season, and barring something happening to James Harden, that's 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 a scoring title, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But the question here is, buy or sell? There's an actual path for Zach Levine to be the comeback player of the year. So we, we talked about or this in pre-show. Most improved I, that, that's, if, it's, if it's comeback player of the year, I think you had a good point in that if Victor Oladipo comes back, if he comes back injury, and, averages and is what he is, he's probably going to win that because yeah. that team's going to be you know probably a three or four seed in the East. But if I, I, again, this is, uh, shows how smart we are, guys. I'm not totally sure if there's a most improved player. I think there is one. Um, if it's most improved player, I think there's 100% a path because I think, like you said, there's a good chance he's going to average, you know, upwards 25 26 27 points a game this year because that offense is just going to run through him he's going to shoot more threes and i think he's going to make a few more threes and like you said i mean james harden was 36.1 last year obviously he's going to get his this year but with russell westbrook in that lineup not that the shot he's going to take much less shots but he averaged 24 and a half shots a game last year i think with russ in the lineup we averaged 20 um, I don't think he's going to take as many. I think those totals are going to go down. And I, I think just because of the volume, he's not going to be shooting at like last year. You might see a guy like Levine up in that scoring race, like you said, which would only improve his odds of being a most improved player of the year. So, yeah, I think there's 100% of path. He's got to be an all-star. He's got to be kind of in that top five in the scoring race. And he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, I, will, I think that's all relative yep. on how healthy he is throughout the year. And, and kudos to him. Totally. He's been, for the most part, healthy since, obviously, the, the first – here he was here he sat out a while with the knee but since he's come back that original time he's been fairly healthy matt why'd you hit me uh i'm gonna go college football you know back to the over under here uh tua went down uh with with that ankle injury he had some surgery they said there's no timetable it's kind of it's a high ankle sprain so it could be you know one week could be four weeks you don't really know Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna ask you over under two teams from the same conference that conference most likely being the sec make your website one and a half teams from the same conference make the college football playoff because i think if two is gone and they lose to lsu and went out i don't think the committee is going to fault them for that loss i'm going to say i'm going to say under i really am um but so what's your path i guess what's your path to that then let's talk this out the path to the the path to the under is lsu losing to alabama regular season Alabama losing to Georgia SEC championship well then you get two in there because Georgia's probably going because Georgia goes in no so So Alabama Alabama winning winning out out, LSU and Georgia losing to Bama in the championship I think that's the most obvious route to just Bama being in because in that case you're probably looking at Bama Clemson Oklahoma fill in the blank Probably. Um, I really do th- – the more this way goes – and I I mean, LSU's got a tough one this weekend. They're going to – or excuse me, it, it is this weekend. Uh, home against Auburn. That, that's a tough one. They still have to get by. And Auburn's not, you know, the team we thought they might have been after they beat Oregon, but that's still a really good defense. That's a tough one to yeah. get by. Then they're going to have Bama. But if they get by that, I think you are going to see them in the SEC championship, and they should be pretty big favorites over – it's likely going to be Georgia in that championship game. But – if Alabama only loses the one game with uh, either an injured Tua or yeah. a you know hobbled Tua, that yeah, I don't think you're going to see the committee be like, ah, they shouldn't be, and they're still Alabama. He wasn't healthy. And I, still and a I top think, which and honestly I think might be the right decision. 
pending anything happening, I think you're filling the blank there is Ohio State then. I don't Probably. know how I'm forgetting I, Ohio State. I, I don't I mean, see Ohio. They have, it's, they have it's, number 13 Wisconsin this week, which I think they're going to embarrass them. Then they go I Maryland. I kind of think it's going to be a closer one than people mm. think. I think Ohio State's going to end up winning. In the and, shoe. And I think I they know. might pull away. I think Ohio, Wisconsin, granted, they lost Illinois this week, so you make fun of them all you'd want. I wouldn't tell but you But I know where you're going. They stay in games. They stay they in do. games. They play really good defense, and they run the football. And if there's any formula to win or keep things close on the road, that's it. And I'm not. I'm not saying they're going to go and win that game. I'm just that one might be kind of close. That Ohio State maybe scores late and pulls away in, but I think might be interesting for a little while. Not to disrespect the badge or Michigan, but always disrespect the Michigan. But That's I think fine. Penn. I think Penn State is the last actual hurdle for the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's uh, and you know if you say that, I would not say you were totally wrong. But I think with all of that said, to answer your question, I think we just see one team from the SEC this year, um, or we see LSU and Bama. It's it's one or the other. I don't yeah. know. I think you're probably right on that. Um, Matt, before we uh, kick to some other stuff here, I do want to give the people a couple just just a couple couple more looks at, at some NBA uh, props that I like. Some nuggets? I'm in on. A couple little nuggets. Um, I really like the 76ers over under of 54 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's big time action coming out of the Musso household on that one. And okay. also your value pick for rookie of the year, Tyler Hero. Harrow, however you say it. He's Kentucky, right? He was Kentucky. Kentucky. He's got an attitude about him. He can shoot it. I think he's going to fit in really well with the personalities, and Jimmy Butler loves guys like that around him. Um, I think that if Zion's out, if he sees any other time out there, and RJ in New York just kind of does New York-type stuff, Mm -hmm. I think that you could see a lot of production out of him and have him in the conversation of Rookie of the Year. Okay. Well, I, I, so those are my those are my two fun picks um, long term here in the NBA as we as we approach tip to the season. Yeah, I hadn't really looked at much, but I'm seeing the Hornets over under total at 23, and my God, I think they're just absolutely terrible without Kemba Walker this year. I don't see how they win 23 basketball games. Like a 16 games. win team. Yes, like that could be your number one you know lottery odds running away with. They seem like they're terrible, and that's it. Just yeah. for me looking at the board, just kind of briefly. Yeah, I. I I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling that one too. One interesting line um, that you were talking about coming into this when we were doing a little pre-production was the Golden State line at 47 and a half. Um, they announced today that Clay will be out the entire season just to rehab him, which is so smart. This is, this is not the year. This is the, they're not going to win the West. They're not going to be in the championship, but they could be there next year with Clay back mm-hmm. and seeing what happens with the D'Angelo Russell contract and what they can get in return or, or what the situation is going to be there. They need to get bigger. Um, Kevon Looney's their big man. He's a great big man. He always kind of finds a way to be a bit dinged up because mm-hmm. of how physical he plays. Draymond always plays bigger than his actual size, but you're going to run into some teams like, I mean, the epitome of that is the 76ers. They're just yeah. huge. They're, you're just not going to match up. Boston, they're pretty big. You're just not going to match up. Uh, LA, you're just not going to match up with, with the Knicks or, or, excuse me, with the Lakers or with the Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. You're just you just can't match up on those nights. I I really like under 47 and a half on the Golden State Warriors this year. I, I just I don't think Steph and, and watch him go average 30 a night, but I don't think Steph can do it all alone. I mean that's the problem. Steph might go out and average 30 a night, and I'm still not sure that's going to be enough to win them 47. I think he's going to will them to you know forty some wins. They'll be a five hundred team, but the the odds or the chances of them missing the playoffs that 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 risk whatever is very real. It's there, and I think they did the absolute right thing with Clay. They came out right now immediately before the season said he's not playing this year, and basically 
if you read Steve Kerr's quotes, left the window open, but the chances are he's probably not going to be playing. And not, I'm not saying that like I've I've spent some time around that franchise and around Clay Thompson. His blood's boiling right now. Clay wants to be on the court yesterday, um, and you can see that in the way he treated the initial injury when he walked back out and shot those free throws and then tried to get back on defense. Clay Thompson will always have my utmost respect because of the competitor that he is. And to be told that he's down for a season is probably just killing him inside. And I feel for the guy because he's one of my favorite players and he's one of the best guys in the league that I've had a chance to deal with. And just the way that he treats the media, um, just kind of a cruddy situation for it to happen when it did as late in the season that it did, that it happened at all. And then now that it's going to cost him a full season, it's the right decision by the Warriors your front office and the last thing you want to do if you're the front office and medical staff is put a guy back out on the court and watch him get hurt again because in a year that you're that not was the question. really winning a title and that was the and that was the question around with how KD. they dealt with the durant uh calf last year and, and mm-hmm. turning into an achilles and now kd did come out and say that, that it was his decision to go out there but at the same time the medical staff has a they had to clear him Yeah, but the medical staff, my point is the medical staff has a responsibility to the health of their players to tell them that they can't do certain things. I agree. Um, I think that's what they're trying to do here with with Clay. That's very well said. I think we covered Uh, some good points. Matt, we boat raced right through it, but why don't we put you on the clock here for for the first Matt's Hockey Minute of, of the season? I get sixty seconds. Is, is there anything you want to set me up for? Any questions? Anything you'd like to know? Tell about me. Tell me about Blackhawks? our Blackhawks. I've seen some some highlight reel goals, but from a comprehensive standpoint, how are you feeling about um, lines one through three here? You know, it's it's been pretty good so far. They had a, a slow start to the season with arguably their most consistent, you know, stay at home defensive defenseman, Calvin DeHaan, missing the first couple games since he's returned to the lineup. It actually resembles like a professional-looking defense. You're not seeing guys okay. out of position, making mistakes, lacking coverage all the time, which has been nice. It seems like they've kind of figured out their 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 top you know top six, their three D pairings there pretty well. The, the lines are actually gelling pretty well. Like I said, they lost to the Capitals the other night, but that was probably their best game of the year. Thirty seconds. Uh, I I can count, Joe. I'm not that stupid. Don't. I'm looking at the clock. I just wanted to give you your wasting time. Now. Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane. A lot of the young forwards that they've added. Uh, Kirby Doc made his debut. He looked fine. I think he's going to fit right in. Probably play the season up here. Uh, the, the Lions still need some work. Need need to I think be retooled a little bit to get some consistency to them. But I think they're in a very good position to compete uh, throughout the season. Challenge for the playoffs. Right coming on in, the dot. Coming in three seconds under time, and that is what we call a professional, folks. It's uh, like I've done Full tie-in here to a, to a push we want to continue to do until and through December. Um, going to get your tickets for uh, for Wishfest 2019. Mm-hmm. Going to be a great event. And I saw Our boy Patrick Kane tweeting about 88 it. 88 got out on Twitter tweeting about it. Cool He's stuff. Probably not going to be there, but if he was, that'd be awesome. It, every every tweet, every um, every, you know, bit of attention that we can draw to this great cause is is uh, is a great thing and we we thank P- patty canes for uh, putting that tweet out and, every uh, tweet sending. every retweet every like I'm everything sure, you can possibly do to help counts i'm sure that that tweet will get a little bit more engagement than this here podcast i don't know we, man uh, i think we got a good following we do but we do our part as well so get over there to uh, wishforever.org get your tickets it's going to be a great party um and fingers crossed this year matt it might time up with uh with some with some travel cross country, oh my! So, uh, might be able to might be able to be in the building there. I'm hoping that that's a, the re- case. a return to the fest. 
the return. Um, I did talk to Mike McGlinchey in the Niners, uh, in the Niners locker room, uh, after the Browns game. And I went up to him and just said hello. And I had introduced myself in the past. And, um, first thing he asked me, he goes, you, you making it to wish fest? He goes, I, I hate that. Uh, I hate that. I can't go now. He goes, so many guys still go back. So a lot of them, there's no, it seems like there's Notre Dame football players there every year. It's, it's yeah, pretty a lot cool. The, and they all go back of, for it. A lot of Knicks teammates uh, still get out there and support, which we appreciate, and it is still on the hearts and minds. Of, uh, and they are all the, in line to hug the biggest supporters like Mike McGlinchey. So everybody's uh, you know sending their positive vibes and hoping that it's going to be another great year, as we know it will be for uh, Wishfest 2019. It always is. I can't wait for it. My tickets anything, are purchased. I bought. Anything else for the people, Matthew? Uh, no, I don't. I got nothing. Good Wish nothing. me luck in Vegas this year. Or the, Good know, luck. Good uh, may the odds may the odds be in your favor. I want to see. Uh, I want to see some winning tickets. I want to see some winning tickets. All right. I'll, I'll try and help you out with that. And uh, don't don't be don't be partying too hard. All right. I, well, I, I, could, I know I'll, I know you got your I know you got your tickets to Wish Fest, but I also heard you got your tickets to the Wet Republic pool party. I'll so. keep it. I'll keep it sane. All right. I'm not a pool party keep, guy. You don't keep me it with safe. My shirt off. Don't keep it sane. Keep it sexy. That's you've seen you've seen me with my shirt off. I'm not a pool party guy. <laughs> Thank you as always to the Moose and Runes listeners for tuning in this episode 125 I believe it was Six. 125 you're so good you got it right We're the first time in the neighborhood time. 126 of the pod as always get out there on Twitter send us your mailbag questions as we will dip back into the mailbag send us some world series stuff send us some nba stuff it we do is- have a mailbag from our good friend rob we're going to try and get to that one next week uh we were okay. both a little bit short on the, on time in this one so we couldn't is it about quite get to the football because if it's, it's not we're just we're, we're plugging right through it ish ish it's somewhat related of we'll course talk. it is yeah why wouldn't of it? course it is <laughs> thank you as always moose moon listeners for tuning in we appreciate you as always matt much sick by the people bye-bye May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the stick was phenomenal.